afternoon, Queen City. It's good to see you again. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the only place to be. The best damn sports talk in the Carolinas, and we appreciate you being an integral part of it each and every day. 704-570-9610. Hit us up on the FanDuel text line. Same number on the phone lines if you want to chat the old-fashioned way. And on Twitter slash X, because that is the only social media I have time for, uh, for the most part. At, at Kyle Bailey Club, it's at Kyle Bailey, C-L-U-B. We got a busy show, man. Uh, Coach Matt Daugherty back in studio in 40 minutes. He texted me last night and said he is loaded for bear. He wants to talk Carolina, and he wants to t- – I- Listen, people are going to freak out when I say this. Coach Darty has not gotten the opportunity to share his thoughts on court storming. And he specifically told me last night in a text that he's got some some stuff to get off his chest here in about 40 minutes as it pertains to court storming. So we'll see if he falls on the side of, um, you know, ban it, uh, throw people in jail like Jay Billis wants to, or if uh, Coach Darty's going to take maybe a bit more relaxed approach. <laughs> I don't know. We shall see. So Coach Darty in studio. Uh, we do have, by the way, Aaron Taylor. The giant, great, powerful, gentle, and wise Aaron Taylor coming up at 420 today. Former two-time All-American Notre Dame offensive lineman Aaron Taylor. Go Irish. Super Bowl champion Aaron Taylor coming up at 420 today. Uh, We'll talk about some cool stuff with him, including college football. But also, uh, he and Dan Morgan were inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame at the same time. So uh, Aaron Taylor's coming up at 420. We'll get his thoughts on the Panthers as well. And Chris Trapasso in the 5 o'clock hour today. CBS Sports NFL draft expert and analyst Chris Trapasso. Uh, We'll see how he thinks Carolina can best go about weaponizing the offense around Bryce Young in the draft. And also, being that this is, you know, Drake May country, we'll, we'll get his thoughts on some of the recent evals and criticisms of young Drake May. So all that's coming up. We got a big show. We're going to catch you up on what Dave Canales and Dan Morgan had to say yesterday. Wake with it. I mean, I am angry at Wake Forest today. Speaking of Notre Dame smoke, before I even get to the Hornets, I don't even know why. Like, I think I know why, but I'm not a Wake Forest fan. You're not a Wake Forest fan. And I think it's simply about the pride of the ACC and seeing a, a program that you know, almost doesn't want to get out of its own way. You just knocked off Duke. You just beat Duke. You just got the win you needed to, to send you dancing. And then you turn around and lose that game to Notre Dame last night, 70-65. to 65. And, I, you know, you could probably explain it away as, oh, it's the Duke hangover. These are college kids and so on. But, like, this, this isn't a super young team. They understand what's at stake. And I'm not saying they're all of a sudden out of the mix for the NCAA tournament. But last night didn't help, especially not when – those of us who consider ourselves to be ACC truthers or, you know, college basketball tinfoil hattists or whatever we're calling ourselves these days believe that there is, in fact, a coordinated agenda and conspiracy to stick it to the ACC and keep teams like Wake out of the tournament. How do you lose that game? Like Notre Dame is bad. They're, they're objectively a bad basketball team this year. Uh, it was the bi- I mean, that, Let me tell you how bad they are. That was probably the biggest win of the Micah Shrewsbury era at Notre Dame. Think of a bigger, is there a bigger win you can think of in the Micah Shrewsbury era at Notre Dame? Because I can't. Well, there's only 10. And and that's not to say anything about Micah because Micah's a tremendous coach. He got Penn State to the tournament last year. Right, right. Penn State. Penn State. So, uh, yeah, I I just, it's just once you think they they got out of their way, they, they once again trip over their own shoelaces. Luckily for them, they still have a week or two to really kind of rectify that. They got an opportunity against Saturday to win in Castle. But the problem is now that we're seeing from them is they can't win on the road. They struggle on the road. They're undefeated at home, but they struggle on the road. They're two and seven in ACC play on the road. And now you're having to go to Castle this weekend. It's not awesome. No, it's it's not a great. It's 
you got to win that game if you're Wake Forest. And I, I get that we don't get a ton of very vocal, upset Wake Forest fans on the text line. I don't. I hope Deacon Jerry's still out there right now listening. I, I, I believe he's still out there in the listening. Maybe Deacon Jerry can call in and tell me how upset he is. I know Wes got his thoughts off earlier today, but God, it's a frustrating loss if you're a Wake Forest fan. You know you're good. You just beat Duke. You, you've got you've got veteran experience on this team. You have talent, and you lose that game. Jack, by the way, on the FanDuel text line just said, who the bleep is Micah Shrewsbury? See? So you lost to. You don't even know who Notre Dame's head coach is anymore. If I'd asked you who is Notre how many of you before this, like today, if I had said, who's Notre Dame's head coach? Like what percentage of people would have been like, oh, it's Micah Shrewsbury. Yes, Smoke, you would have known. But what do you think? Like 40% of the people would have known? I would have gone 25% more th- conservative. <laughs> 980 number smoke you'll like this one says western carolina beat notre dame notre dame beat wake and wake beat duke hmm oh, don't put me in this situation here <laughs> it's exactly why i wanted to do it it's, i'm not even like sure that, choosing between my t- two kids i'm not even sure that uh, that richter from concord even meant to do that to you intentionally but that's what he did western beat notre dame notre dame beat wake wake beat duke so by the transitive sports property of equality western carolina is better than duke i thought you'd like that yeah they got a big game tonight so they need to win this uh but uh, by the way western carolina's gotten 20 wins uh only the second time they've gotten 20 wins since becoming an ncaa d1 team so uh golf clap yeah. Golf clap. 704-570-9610. Hit us up on the text line, on the phone lines. Wake lost last night, and so did the Hornets. And they're, the last three games, even though there was a, a win sandwiched there in the middle, been a little tough to watch. Uh, the, the offense has kind of disappeared over these last three games. And I don't know exactly what to attribute it to. I don't think there's one thing in particular, right? But all in all... It's been pretty terrible, uh, the, the offense, that is. And so last night, they, they still won five of their last seven, but they, they were blasted by Milwaukee, 123-85. to 85. It was just a hideous, hideous basketball game for the Hornets. 26 points at the half. They are being stifled offensively every time out right now. These, these last couple of times out, I should say. Um, in that game, they got 17 from Miles Bridges, who led all Hornets scorers, they got 16 from from Trey Mann, who was pretty good. I mean, I, I'd say of all the starters last night, he was by far the best on both ends of the floor, especially if you look at the plus-minus. Uh, Bridges, 17. Trey Mann, 16. Brandon Miller gave him 14. A little better shooting night for him. And then the bench, like Bertans is back. He gives you 12 points. He hits four threes. That's what you hope to get from Davies Bertans you know, on a night-to-night basis off the bench. But, man, everything else just bleh for the Hornets. And, I mean, you look at the other side, right? Giannis, 24 points, eight rebounds, light work. and tw- He played 24 minutes last night. They didn't need – he played half the game. They didn't really need his services. And half the game, he scored 24 minutes, 24 points, eight rebounds. They, they, they got 23 from, from Dane. They got 21 off the bench from Bobby Portis. It's all they needed. The Hornets can't score right now. Again, Texter says, uh, are the Hornets back down to earth? I I guess in a sense they are. This is still a shorthanded team, albeit a better one, but their $200 million player is nowhere to be found. And it's bordering on a little bit. I'll just say it plainly. It's a little ridiculous that nobody seems to know what's going on with LaMelo Ball, that there's been no public communication really about what's going on with LaMelo Ball. 
And the funny thing is, if you Google LaMelo Ball right now, three of the first four articles that pop up are about trading LaMelo Ball this offseason. I'm not kidding. Google LaMelo Ball and see if you're getting the same thing I am. Three of the first four articles that pop up are, albeit aggregate articles, right? But uh, articles about Tony Jones of The Athletic writing that uh, the Hornets should, you know, maybe look to trade LaMelo Ball and build around Brandon Miller, an issue that, a notion, I should say, that many of you already agree with, and we've talked about it on the show. But you're watching, I, I, I'm, I'm watching the game last night, probably like a lot of folks, thinking the same thing. Boy, the $200 million guard could help here, couldn't he? He could help here. Where, where is he? Where's the communication about what he's up to? Why does anybody not know, why does no one know anything about what's going on with LaMelo Ball? It's really frustrating if you're a Hornets fan. He could and should be helping this team. Now, I say that just, you know, theoretically because he can play ball. Where's the communication? How is he still out? What's go- Smoke, what are you doing over there? Why are you still on the phones? What's happening? No, everything's good. Okay. Did the phone blow up? No, no. Was somebody cussing you out? No, no. Were you talking to a crush? No, no. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, you're right. It's just one of those situations where we're kind of getting to the point where it was – it was one thing before the all-star break where we were wondering, okay, well, he's probably going to come back after the all-star break. And it's like, okay, well, the first game after the all-star break, he's not playing in Utah. It's like, okay, this is a back-to-back coming out of break. First night of a back-to-back, that kind of makes sense. You don't want to risk it, especially in the year where it's lost. And then, oh, oh, he's not playing the Golden State game. Oh, well, now after seeing how they play the Golden State, they're going to have him ready for Portland. Wait, he's not playing Portland? Oh, okay, okay. Well, he has to. I mean, he's been on the road trip this whole entire time. He's going to have to play. And Oh, he's not playing Milwaukee, but I did see the Instagram page for the Hornets last night. They were tweeting out videos of LaMelo Ball getting up shots pregame. So it's like, okay, we're seeing him get up shots. Are you just sitting him and not telling him? I mean, are you just sitting him right now and not telling anybody? When's the, I, I hate to go snitching to the boss or the teacher, right, or, or anything like that, but it's like, is the NBA going to say to the Hornets like they kind of did with Mark Williams? Hey, you can't just list him as doubtful, you know, for weeks on end. He's out. Everybody knows that you just have to list him that way. What is wrong with LaMelo Ball? Why is he not playing basketball right now? It's a fair question. I, I know they stink record-wise and they're not going to the playoffs, but isn't it rather important for him to be out there on the floor building chemistry with his running mate, Brandon Miller? It would seem to be. I would think, yeah. And so I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and believe that that is what he wants to, that he'd like to be out there. But how about just a little bit more clarity on what's going on with your $200 million player? How severe an ankle injury is this? Did did, did, did he snap it in half and, you know, it's a year and a half long recovery time and nobody, what is happening? Is it like his brother's? Like, I don't know. Like, like at least with Mark Williams, you were transparent with us saying, yeah, it was worse than imagined. It's like, okay, we'll back off for you. Hope Mark can get back to being healthy. We won't really get on to you. We just got to hope that Mark can get healthy. And then once he gets healthy, then we'll talk about it. Well, if this we're, we're kind of left up in the air. It's like, all we get is just a tweet from the Hornets PR. Clifford, you can ask Clifford all the time. And I'm not, you know, most of the time the coaches are in the worst spot because they're going to have to be the ones to be asked about this almost every single game. And they're going to have to give you the same answer. We don't have access to the training staff. We don't talk to the training staff. We rarely get to talk to Mitch Kupchak, who, by the way, is no longer the GM of this organization. So, yeah, we're we're kind of frustrated right now. We, it, you know, we're left out in the cold right now. I, I've given the I've given the kid the benefit of the doubt, and I still want to. But somebody's got to tell the fan base and the public something about this. This does not make any sense at all. He's 22 years old. 
How long could a sprained ankle, con- like, how long can this continue to go on? And, and no one says anything about where he is. I got texters. I got, <laughs> I got texters on here, again, saying trade him. He's he's made a glass. He's frail. He's this. He's that. Um, Spence, Spence is uh, convinced that, you know, they're tanking. They're, they're trying to get as good a pick as possible so they won't play LaMelo Ball. You have to say something. You you have to communicate something publicly. I mean, Miles Bridges is still playing. Brandon Miller's still playing. I, they they just it's, it's I, I, you think they're tanking. That's fine. I think it's ridiculous and indefensible that he's not playing and nobody's saying anything. So you understand? I I, I do understand why some people are looking at this thinking how long, how much longer is this going to continue before they have to. You know, make some sort of decision about him. He should be out there playing. 704-570-9610. Hit us up on the FanDuel text line. We'll come back. We'll keep taking your thoughts. Uh, we also chat with Coach Matt Darty in 30 minutes. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Dallas Bertans of the Charlotte Hornets. You're listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the home of the Charlotte sports fan. You know, obviously their defense was good, but, you know, Damian Lillard was just great early. And um, he got them going, you know, with a high pick and roll game to get five threes maybe in the first quarter. Uh, I thought that was the biggest factor. And, uh, you know, and again, we struggled offensively. We were better as the game went on, but uh, their defense was really good and he was great. His team got hammered last night in Milwaukee. Not drunk. They were blown out by the Milwaukee Bucks at the Fiserv Forum. 123.85. Those two teams, by the way, running it back tomorrow night at the Spectrum Center. 7 o'clock tip. And uh, I, I can't imagine it's going to look too different. But Steve Clifford was talking right there. And, man, some of the texts I've gotten on the FanDuel text line since this conversation started have been fascinating. I'm coming to the phone lines in just a second. But um, as it pertains to the Hornets... I. I am. I've been really patient with this Lamelo Ball thing. I have defended Lamelo Ball, and I wish to continue doing that. Uh, but at some point, somebody's got to tell us why this kid's not playing Th- this many games post All Star break. It- it's it's a little. It's not just a little ridiculous. It's just plain ridiculous at this point. Does he want to play or not? Is he healthy or not? Now, speaking of Steve Clifford, nine one nine number just texted in and told me that Lavar told Lamelo not to play until Cliff was fired. He hasn't played since he was called under-talented by his coach. Check the timeline. Hashtag I don't blame him. Hashtag Rick Patino vibes. That's the text I just got from a listener. Um, I, I don't think anybody with that under-talented comment, I don't know a soul who interpreted that to mean that Steve Clifford was talking about LaMelo Ball. I I, I mean, did, did anybody think he was talking about LaMelo Ball? I... I, I I can't fathom. I, there's no interpretation of that to me that points to LaMelo Ball. I think that's pretty wild. Uh, Texter's also writing, and Spence is telling me uh, that he says that I'm hard-headed uh, because they're tanking. He says the Hornets are trying to get as good a pick as possible so they won't play LaMelo. 
in this draft, in this draft, in a year where LaMelo and Brandon Miller have barely played together. And if you believe what everybody said before the draft, that, you know, LaMelo was part of the decision to draft Brandon Miller, that, you know, he endorsed it. He wants to play with Brandon and he's just sitting while everybody else is playing. I don't buy it. This is not last year's draft. So, you know, we can discuss it, but it is really, really irritating if you're a Hornets fan that LaMelo's still sitting on the sideline. This this post-trade deadline, post-All-Star break run has slowed down. The offense has nearly disappeared. LaMelo would help with that. And, and we're not even talking about Mark Williams, by the way. Um, how about the comments? I heard Bone pointed out this morning. You know, Mitch kind of casually dropped into his last, I think, comments. Was it last week, a couple of weeks ago, where he was like, yeah, Miss Mark Williams, at least it's not career-threatening. And we're like, wait a minute, was that ever on the table? <laughs> was was that ever was that ever on the table? And it's kind of hard to read Mitch sometimes too. So it's like, w- w- was it actually really career threatening, or is he just trying to say, oh, this is not a career threatening injury? It's like, huh? It's one of those situations. Like, did you just reveal something you shouldn't have? Right, or? Like, was that a, was that a real concern? And it just listen, I don't think we should all be privy to all these guys' personal health information all no, the time. No. no one here thinks that. But you know, people do buy tickets to go watch these guys. People buy season tickets hoping to watch Lamelo. And, you know, people are rightfully wondering, where's the $200 million man? Why, why hasn't he played yet? 704-570-9610. Before we get on to some other stuff, let's take some phone calls here. Uh, John is up first here on a Wednesday. What's up, John? Thank you for holding. Uh, I'm glad you brought this topic up. Uh, I have been concerned like the last two or three weeks about Mark Williams now. He needs to be playing. I mean, I think he's our future center and, uh, a back injury, it has to be serious to be, be out since November. Uh, I've been a major auto accident in that, and I've cleared up in two months on my back. I'm sure a lot of you guys have had severe back problems, and I can't believe a chiropractor can't correct it in a month or two. That's all i got to say. I, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, John, I appreciate the phone call. I, what have I been saying the whole time? I don't know anything about the severity of his injury, but a back injury on a big man concerns me as it should with most people. Now, it's not to say that it can't be cleared up, that he won't be fine moving forward at some point, but, you know, we, we've gotten very little information on that one, too. And, you know, last year, what did they pick him last year? 15th. Last year's 15th overall pick has just been riding the pine for months now with a back injury that at first they were listing day-to-day, night-to-night. Well, he's doubtful. No, now he's been downgraded out. He's doubtful again. Now he's been downgraded out. And finally, the NBA was just like, no, he's out. You know it. We all know it. Put him on, you know, just put him down on the injured list. What's going on with LaMelo? Let's go back to the phone lines. Jonathan is up next. What's up, Jonathan? How are you? What's going on, Kyle? Hey, man. Hey, I, was, I heard that uh, when uh, listening to Walker, Walker, uh, Walker and Wes, he's like, he watching Snowfall. Like, I'm going to give you another line from that, that uh, Snowfall. I built this brick by brick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm telling you. You're not listening. Hey, you, so did you just get started into that uh, Snowfall? Yeah, no, I'm on episode three as of last night. Hey, man, you need to watch the whole entire thing. You're going to be glued into it. I love it. You're going to be so wired into it. It's, it's amazing. I, now, I, I must say, R.I.P. John Singleton, he did a great job with that. R.I.P.? I didn't know that. Yeah, you didn't know John Singleton died? Oh, John. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I was thinking you, you weren't talking about an actor, were you? You're talking about the director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, the my director bad. who yeah. made Snowfall. Yeah, my bad. But, yeah, I didn't know that. You know what? I, I got I got a quarrel to uh Uh-oh. I got something on my mind, man. And I and I was concerned about that Tar Heel win the other night. I was really concerned about that. And I was hoping I could catch coach. But I'm gonna go ahead and share it with you, Kyle. All right. Um, how did 
RJ scored 42 points, but Mondo didn't even crack double figures. I'm trying to figure out how that and how what's going on here. You know, because I think everybody, I, mean, I think everybody but RJ was bad the other night, just about. I agree, but what I'm saying is, uh, what I'm saying is, for Mondo to be at Carolina as long as he has. I should never in my lifetime, as long as I'm a Tario fan, see him play like that because he should not be playing soft like that. And he played so soft in that game, he could have dominated that game the way RJ did. Because I sat there and watched the whole game, and I'm saying, like, yo, why isn't they going? And first off, they wasn't throwing on the ball. But that's when, that's when Mondo should have gotten his face on the bench. Look, get it to me on the block. I can go to work. That's where he should have went to. And that's where his – his leadership should have, should have rose up. But, again, I, I'm glad we got the win. I'm looking forward to beating that red team on Saturday. Um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just calling how I see it. I that, that oh, red oh, team hey, hey, speaking of that, I got I to go, but listen to, what, listen to what we talk about next year. Speaking of that, we're going to talk Carolina with Coach Darty here um, in, in a couple of minutes. Smoke sent this to me. I'm going to try to track down, hopefully, Brad Crawford for tomorrow. There's a report out. There's a report out. And that, that came from Andrew Carter, by the way. Well, start with you're right. Start with Andrew Carter, but Brad Crawford, I guess, picked it up. There's a report out that the University of North Carolina is telling both the SEC and the Big Ten that they're a package deal with NC State <laughs> in, in potential expansion. How about that? Not our rivals, though. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it makes sense. You start talking about state politics, right? And I've wondered about this, too, when it comes to realignment. Um, there's a deep belief among many in the industry still that, you know, the Big Ten and the SEC are going to expand at least one more time. There's one more significant round of expansion coming. That may or may not come to pass, but a lot of folks believe that it's going to happen. And so Carolina and Virginia have been, you know, part of a lot, a lot of the recent reporting about the next round, right, that the SEC and the Big Ten – want into Virginia and North Carolina, two of the best states to do business in America, two of the most populated states. Uh, I think the only two states in the Old South that you know doesn't have an SEC presence, they want into North Carolina and Virginia. And so UNC and UVA have been mentioned. But much like Virginia Tech got into the ACC back in 2003 uh, because of some politicking that involved the folks in Charlottesville, they're two public state public universities. I've been wondering, okay, can North Carolina, as part of the state university system, really leave for another conference without NC State? Can they leave and, and I guess, ultimately leave NC State in an awful position? I don't think they can, and it doesn't seem like they're inclined to. Look, Duke's the private school in this situation. Duke Carolina's the rivalry, but, you know, UNC and State are they're public universities. Look, I'll say it. Duke Carolina's the rivalry in one sport. Now that sport happens to be one of the biggest sports in all of college. That's the thing. NC state and Carolina, that's a rivalry in football and football is what matters to these people. Yeah. And honestly, a good thing for them is that the rivalry seems like it's grown a lot in the last five to 10 years. Like those state Carolina games. I know last year was a blowout, but those state Carolina games in football, the last five to 10 years have been dramatic to say the least. Yeah. Unfortunately, the Tar Heels have been on the bad end of there's, it. There's nothing. If that report turns out to be true, and I honestly, I believe it without any evidence. I'm I'm admitting that. But just the nature of state politics, what it would what it would do to NC State, you know, if Carolina left for SEC Big Ten, 
you know, and state was relegated to the next tier down. Let's say if the ACC fell apart and state had to go to the big 12 or something along those lines, like that's not good for NC state. It's not good for the state itself. And so I think politics are, are, and probably always were going to bound Carolina and state together when it comes to another round of expansion. And you wonder if the same thing will be true again with, with the state of Virginia, you know, if, uh, if, if Virginia's going somewhere or vice versa, then Virginia tech's going with them or vice versa. Is it going to be the same thing in the Commonwealth? I'd say there's a decent chance that'll be the case, but that's interesting reporting from Andrew Carter and, and Brad Crawford. And I think it, it holds up just from a common sense standpoint, like what happens to state? If, if North Carolina leaves for the SEC, I mean, is state getting a big 10 invite? A big 10 pretty, pretty snooty about their academics. Although state is a very good school. And I do mean very good school. I actually got into it with a guy on the text line about this weeks ago when realignment came up and you know, he said, NC state and Virginia tech do not, they're not academic fits for the big 10. Like, okay, well, what does that mean? Go look up the U S news world and report public university rankings. You know, NC State and Virginia Tech, if, if those sorts of things matter to you, and to some people they don't, right? But if go look up NC State and Virginia Tech, and you'll see that they rank higher in U.S. News and World Report's academic profiles than several existing Big Ten schools. And I only bring that up to say, I, I don't know how much that's going to matter moving forward. I don't think it does matter all that much anymore, if we're being honest. Like, I don't think they're going to take, you know, commuter schools into the Big Ten, but that's not really on the table either. So it makes sense if you're going to bound these two schools together and say, hey, these are our two biggest public schools in the state. You, you get, if you're getting one, you're taking the other. That's the way it has to be. Not shocked by it. 704-570-9610. Jonathan says state is and always will be younger brother. Uh, 704 number gross. State politics are so annoying. Got to look out for little brother. That's a Carolina fan. Not liking the situation. That is what it is. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what this means in terms of their, their landing spots, but sounds like they're going together wherever that is. Now, something else I want to get to. Uh, we got Coach Matt Darty in studio here in about 12 minutes. We'll get to a lot, and we're going to circle back to this later in the show. But I wanted to get it in uh, because Dan Morgan and Dave Canales had a lot to say yesterday at the NFL Combine. And Dan Morgan, who, if nothing else, uh, I know he's been called a straight shooter a lot today on this station. Pew, pew, pew. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to avoid he's, uh He's a very candid man. That Dan Morgan, I'll try to mix it up a little bit. You know, he's a very candid man. Speaks from the heart. I'm out of it. Um, but he said, listen, we'd like to keep Brian Burns, but everything's on the table. You know, Brian's Brian's doing great. Um, you know, great player, great person, obviously. Um, we're going to meet with his representation down here, uh, get a better feel, you know, of our plans moving forward. Um, so we're going to have a lot more clarity once we leave here. What are the options currently that you're looking at for Brian? Is it going to be a franchise that you're looking at, or what are you looking at? I think at this point, I think everything's on the table, you know, whether it's the franchise tag, um, you know, extending him, tra you know, trades, you know, there. I think all options are on the table at this point. So you guys would take calls for those who may want to sign and trade? Well, not quite yet. Not quite? Um, okay. You know, again, once we meet with the – with the agent and get a better feel for where he's at okay. and, you know, see it, see if it aligns with us, then uh, we'll have a better feel for that. Okay. There you go. Everything's on the table, which is the right answer, by the way. It's the right answer. We'd like to keep him, but everything's on the table. Smoke, what I'm, I'm asking, I'm putting you on the spot here. And so I, I'm admitting that up front. I'm doing the same thing to the listeners. I'm asking you all the same question I'm asking Smoke. Where's the threshold for you? where you say, yeah, we got to take that deal. And I'm not talking about last year's Rams offer. 
but in this context and this situation, knowing that if you if you made it known across the rest of the NFL that Brian Burns was available, right? Multiple teams would be interested in Brian Burns. So you would have, in effect, a bidding war for Brian Burns. I don't know how big a one, but you'd have one. At what point, what threshold, what picks, anything? Where are you, Smoke, saying, you know what, I, we, we can't turn that down? I think if you get at least 1-1 one, one in, in this year, next year, and uh, two-day two picks over the next two years. Okay. Potentially. So a one and a two? One and a two, maybe even a three, in, or a 2025, or a... I want immediate draft capital. Well, okay, a 2024 third and a 2025 second. You can't, con- you, you can't convince me. Of next year's first. I want this year's no, first. No, I'm saying this okay. year's first, next this year's third, next year's second. Because then it'll even out the uh, second you gave up in the Bryce Young trade. All right, give me, give me that one more time. I'm sorry. Just so lay it out one more time. This year, for, so for 2024, a first round and a third round, and a second round in 2025. Okay, so this year's first and third, next year's second. Yeah. A one, a two, and a three for Brian Burns. Essentially, it's just a year separated. Yeah. And that makes sense because then you get your one back this year, you get your second back next year, and he gets an extra third-round pick for this year as well in a draft that feels pretty deep in certain areas where you need position help too. A one, a two, and a three. I don't I don't hate that. I, I'm not – listen, I'm not – Darty's peeking in the window like we're zoo animals. I, I, yours is intriguing. A one, a two, and a three. I'd consider it at least. Not a big fan of trading away Brian Burns. Same here. We're playing the game as Dan Morgan just said, hey, we want to keep him. But, well, listen, everything's on the table. Like, what is that threshold for you as a fan where you'd say, oh, yeah, we, we got to take that. We, we have to take that deal. 704-570-9610. M-Dog, though, says you cannot make the same mistake that they did with Christian McCaffrey. Have to get a first-rounder with additional. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I tend to agree. 704-570-9610. Hit me up and let me know. Right now we go to smoke on the headlines. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Who is smoke? Where is smoke? <laughs> Where there's smoke, there's fire. Let's go. What's the latest, sir? All right, well, we go to the defending champs in the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs, where they're in the news a lot today. First off, uh, we're going with a fan, Chiefsaholic, the fan who dressed up as a Wolverine and robbed banks so he can go to all these games for the Chiefs over the last five years has been sentenced, is facing up to 50 years in prison after a guilty plea on the bank robbery charges. So, like, he's... What kind of prison is this guy going to? What do we think? Is he? Go, he's not going to a Supermax. Is he going to end up in, like, a Martha Stewart-type prison? No, nah, no, nah, I don't think he's that rich. Do we think he's a, a prison celebrity? Do we think he gets, like, a lot of pen pal letters from Chiefs fans? Like, I, I'm just... <laughs> I'm imagining that he's got a sweet, sl- a sweet setup in the slammer. Like, we, a celebrity prisoner. All I need to know is Hollywood... You better make this damn movie. 
I'm into it. Yeah, I'm into it. At least a Netflix special. I'm into it. What else you got? All right, speaking of the Chiefs, they have put the franchise tag on cornerback Ladarius Sneed, which is interesting because that opens up them trying to get a long-term deal done with Chris Jones. And it sounds like that they are open to trading Ladarius Sneed as well, despite putting him on the franchise tag. So it could be a tag and, tra- tag and trade. Yes. Potentially. Any interest from you? Probably not. No? Not for a corner at this nah, time. I agree with you. I don't, I don't think that's – trading for a corner doesn't seem like something that – changes much about this Even team right now. Even though he's very good. Yeah. No, he's great. He's a very good player. I just, for what you'd have to give up, there are better routes, I think, for this yeah. team. What else you got? And we got a new name in minor league baseball, Kyle. Ooh. Ooh. Danville, Virginia. Uh, long, time da- long time Danville Braves. Yeah, uh, they're no longer the Danville Braves. They're the Danville Dairy Daddies. Stop. I'm looking at their Twitter, K, uh, Twitter page right now, and the Twitter bio is an utterly U-D-D-E-R-L-Y fresh undeniably legendary take on America's pastime coming to the old North State League this summer. We played on a, a field of creams. Hashtag get milk. Field of creams? Hashtag get milk. Their mascot's name is McCreamy. But, and they it, made their, their, their mascot is like a jacked anthropomorphic cow. Yes. Bull. It's a bull, actually. I see horns. Um, with, with skinny jeans on. No shirt. Well, as an alumnus of the Appalachian League, <laughs> who called many a Danville Braves game back in my day on Friday nights at Calfee Park in Pulaski County, Virginia, I will miss the Danville Braves. Wow. Wow. That, I will say this is a brave decision there by Danville. How long did the Braves have that team in Danville? Oh, it's been a long – for those that don't know, Danville's right across the state line from Greensboro, North Carolina, uh, I think 30 minutes apart maybe. The Danville Dairy Daddies with an anthropomorphic, like, sexy bull. It's so weird. Speaking of sexy old bulls, Coach Matt Darty in studio next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Vasily Misic of the Charles Hornets. You are listening to Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, home of the Charlotte Sports Fans. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, where I have like two people yelling at me, KB, cows have horns too. Yeah, I know, but like a a lot of farmers take the horns off their cows. I grew up like 150 yards, 100 yards from a cattle farm. I'm not saying that no cows have bull, no no cows have horns, but you see horns, uh, usually it's a bull. I don't even know why we're arguing about this. We were just talking about an anthropomorphic cow slash bull, uh, uh, the mascot in the minor leagues, the Danville Braves are now the Danville Dairy Daddies. And it's a very weird thing to say out loud. So let's move on. Let's welcome in Coach Matt Darty, longtime Tar Heel, former head coach, national champ as a player, former coach of the year, according to the Associated Press, and a good friend of mine. He's back in studio. What's up, Coach? How hey, are you? Good to be back. So you texted me last night. Yeah. 
And when you text me a specific topic that you want to talk about, I know you're fired up. Yeah. Because usually you're like, hey, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. And then at some point we might talk about what we're going to talk about. We might not. But when you tell me, hey, I want to talk about this, I know you're fired up. So yeah. you, you want to go off, man. Well, it's Court not storming. so much a, it's going off. It's just the, the top. It's the hot topic, and I've got opinions. And and I uh, just want to make sure we were on the same page. Um <sighs> I've been a part of it. Uh, I've been I've been part of the good ones and the bad ones. Uh, <laughs> at Kansas, we're playing Iowa State, and uh, it was just after my birthday, uh, which is February 25th. So uh, we're playing at Iowa State, tough place to play. Kansas, we're top ranked. We go in there, we lose, and their fans come on the court. And we have to go, like, from the opposite end of the court through the baseline to get to our locker room. And these 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 students are pouring out. So I went offensive. I went on the, <laughs> I went offensive. I took the forearms and, and brought them up and just were protecting myself, but I didn't mind taking anybody out in the process. So I get, to, <laughs> I get to the locker room. Coach Williams is talking to the team. Hey, you know, tough loss, blah, blah, blah. And then we're, we're taking a charter back and I'm trying to get out of my, my suit. And, um, I start to take my cufflinks off that I got for my birthday from my parents, and I couldn't get them off. They were bent. And I just imagine some of the student body from Iowa State with, like, MFD backwards on their foreheads. <laughs> and, and, and uh, yeah, they were, I had to bend them to get my shirt off. So I think the court stormings have gotten ridiculous because it's not – authentic it's not organic it's like what can we do it's it's about the students it's not about the celebration and and i think that you know when i was at north carolina we beat wake forest at home they stormed the court when i was at notre dame i had to teach notre dame how to storm the court again you know that's almost like where it started when notre dame beat ucla in 74 and broke the 88 game winning streak with dwight clay and john shoemate Adrian Dantley, they stormed the court, but it was kind of organic. And then when I got to Notre Dame, we beat St. John's at home for the first top 25 win. And I had to look to the stands and like wave the students like this is what we're supposed to do. But it's gotten out of control. It's gotten out of freaking control. What's di what's different, though? I, I just think it's it's like, you know, what's worthy of a court storming? Oh, the, you mean just the proliferation of it? There's too many. It's too many. There's too many, and it's like we're doing this not to celebrate. It's more of like I think it's about the students. And so um, it's not really a celebration. It's like, hey, we're going to get on the court and look at us as opposed to let's go hug our teammates and lift them up and celebrate with our classmates. I think that there's a there's a little bit of a shift there. So I'm, I, I spoke to the North Carolina Farm Bureau's agents the other day in Greensboro, about 700 of them. And there was a guy that works there, and I, I just remember his first name, Roy. He had a great suggestion. He said, well, why don't they just have a net and drop it down from the ceiling around the court? And I'm like, oh, my God, that's it. Because, you know, basketball players used to be called cagers, and they were played in a cage inside a net, and it kept the fans from throwing things to the players and from the ball and, you know, being into the crowd and hurting the fans. So that's an easy drop it with whatever, 15 seconds to go, maybe the officials 
you know, if it's a last second thing, it's hard, but just drop it. And now you don't need to have all these rent a cops. Um, you know, they're not going to risk their lives, but now it's a lot easier to keep these people and security, keep people in check. So, so you think we should just do away with court storming? I, yeah, I think I think we're at a point we've got to do away with it. It's not it's not it's not necessary. I, 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 you but like, know. what if I what if I said to you like ninety eight percent of these things go off without a hitch? Like they happen all the time, and very rarely do people get hurt. Relatively speaking. Yeah, and and I, I think listen, I think it's a big part of college athletics, right? And you think about the Portland Trailblazers in 77 when Bill Walton was getting off the court and Larry Bird in the mid-80s. It's just if somebody gets hurt, we can't afford that nowadays. It just – you can't afford it. You just can't afford the negative publicity, the opportunity where Caitlin Clark or Philip Powski gets gets hurt. Um, And then we could pivot to the next – part of this conversation well, what's the next part of this conversation well, the next part of this conversation and i'm gonna this is gonna really maybe fire some people up but like what i don't even know if i should say it well you've already gotten us there you're afraid to get when i watch the videotape of 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 you know flip flip Bukowski, what it didn't look that bad like did he step on someone's foot to turn his ankle, um, you know, he went after somebody first. Like he, he extended his arms and and tried to make contact. Now somebody t- kind of pushed him in the back, but like, you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't okay, so hold on. So, went, so, so, went, so you don't. So you think Kyle Filipowski overly dramatized what happened on the floor? It went through my mind. But you also think we have to ban court storm? Yes, because it's it's too too public. It's too too too. Too much of a hot button. Like, what if, let's say he he tore his ACL. That's a whole nother deal. Now, if I'm Filipowski and I'm his parents, I'm thinking about a, a lawsuit against uh, Wake Forest. Why isn't the burden on the university and the conference it to get this be. done? No, well, it's, it should be on the university. Because it, the, the networks love these court stormings, right? Well, they do. Uh, you know, but Seth Greenberg had a great point. Like, it, 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 Wake Forest failed. They failed. And and so the universities should control the court storming. That's your home. That's your student body. You know, that's your facility. And that's why I say I think one of the best things I've heard was from Roy at North Carolina Farm Bureau. Drop a net around the court and prevent people from running on. And how about this? Okay, you want them to run on? Then 10 seconds after the game's over, let them run on the court. Well, see that to me, I think that's the best way to do it. How do you enforce that 10-second buffer? The like, no, to no, me, no. I'm talking about drop the net. Yeah, and then lift the net up. Okay, got it. Understood. I, I understand where you're coming from there, but it's like, to, to me, I, it's a little bit of an overreaction. First of all, this is an evergreen conversation. We have it every every couple of years, right? Somebody tweaks an ankle. When are we going to ban court storming? Now Jay Billis wants to put people in jail. Like Jay's talking about roping them in once they get to the floor, handing out citations and jailing some of them. Like, are, are, pans, are the fans only good for their money at the door and that's it? Isn't that a fair question? Like, when most of these things go off without a hitch, it just feels like, now let's take away more of the fan experience. I, I don't know. I, it's not even that I need to court storm. Well, it's just like, the, I, I think there's a, this is a little bit much ado about nothing at the end of the day, personally. Well, you know, maybe you're right. Um, you know, uh, 
I don't hate it, your 10 second buffer idea at all. I think that's fine. Yeah, I kind of like that idea. Uh, I think that's the best idea I've you heard. Join it. You yeah, I sh- I, 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 and I think we could sponsor the Nets. Just think about the Nets. Ooh. Like you do that, you do that in football, right? The field goal, extra point, the net goes up. Then you drop the net. Let Let's just drop the net around the court for basketball. Sponsor it. You know, you know how a lot of these arenas have the big ass fans, and I mean that. Like the the company is called Big Ass Fan. Yeah. Have you seen these? Yeah. We could be the Big Ass Net Company. Big Ass Net Company. You like it? I like I like it. I, I like it. it. I, I think, uh, you know what? And at Virginia Tech, they could make it camo. Wow. I mean, I love that, but I know you're trying to insult me right now. Well, I, I, was I? Yeah, you were. Well, but well, I think you're also well, smart enough to know that I'm not insulted by that. I would love a camo net. So it's, it it's kind of a me. great thought. Isn't it really it? is a great thought. And we could be, then you, you couldn't know, see the crowd. All you could do is hear them. It would throw the, throw the visiting fast, team off. Fast Pro Shops supposed to be the sponsor. <laughs> Hey, Ru- you know what? No, that's for NC State. Because didn't they win the national championship in bass fishing? Oh, oh, oh. Yes, they did. So did Virginia Tech. So I'm in solidarity with them. Okay. Um, I have to ask you about this, too. Two things. There was a report today that UNC is telling the Big Ten and the SEC that they're a package deal with NC State in any round of realignment. What do you think of that? I like it. I like the unity. I kind of I, 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 th- I think it makes sense because you know what? It, 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 listen, you could say what you want. We are both state schools. Um, we, we have been aligned at the hip for a long time. Um, and I think that you also want travel partners. You want a local rivalry. Uh, you don't want your nearest rival to be, you know, um, Northwestern. And so I think, or Rutgers, I think it makes a lot of sense. So, uh, yeah. Agreed. Now, last thing, R.J. Davis dropped 42 a couple of nights ago. He literally carried Carolina to a win. Yeah. Uh, that game was, was closer than it probably should have yes. been, but um, we had a, a, I guess it's a debate, maybe something yesterday, people talking about whether or not R.J. Davis can play in the NBA. Yeah, great question. Six feet tall? I mean, you know, I, I compared him to Kobe White. Kobe's 6'5", so, I mean, it's a different difference in size there. But no, they, difference. Kobe White is is, is different. Yeah. Kobe, Kobe White is a... Um, um, a, a great, a great athlete. Um, uh, here's the, he, first of all, Carolina needs to shore up his press offense. And I said this when they were playing Duke and made me nervous because they have a press offense. That's easy to guard, uh, easy to deny the guards. And then the guards are going to the coffin corner to get the ball. Uh, that's where you want to trap. Okay. The press offense, in my opinion, is, is, is of concern. And it showed against Miami. Um, RJ Davis, um, you know, I, 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 who's the uh, Jones, Tyus Jones from uh, Duke? Um, what about the kid who went to Toronto from Kyle Wichita Lowry. State? No, no, oh, no, no, no. Um, Fred Van Vliet. Van Vliet. Yep. That's the comp I see. Uh, Fred's a little stronger, maybe a little bit bigger. Um, I don't know. I don't think R.J. Davis is a first-round pick. Uh, I don't see him as a starter in the NBA. Um, will he make a roster? Yeah, I think he'll make a roster. Uh, he can shoot the mess out of the ball, um, but he doesn't have great lift at the rim, struggles some to finish over length, and really is, a, I think, a little bit of a liability on a defensive end. And because of his um, lack of elite quickness um, and lack of size. Uh, so that's that would be my prospect, but I was uh, wrong on Fred Van Fleet. I didn't think he was an NBA player either. No. Happens to the best of us. Coach, is good to see you, buddy. Yeah, man. There you go. Somebody said Chris Paul, six feet tall, NBA uh, success. A little different. A little, little different. No, Chris Paul had small area quickness. Chris Paul was a, a unique m- guy mentally. Uh, Chris Paul could create space 
um, and, and also was a terrific defender. Uh, a little different, a little different. Uh, you, you can't really, this sounds, again, old. you can't compare some of these players today to players even in Chris Paul's era. Um, you know, like, you know, Raymond Felton. Raymond would, 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 you know, at the point Raymond would be starting. Sean May would be start. Like, th- these players are good. They're good college players. They would be role players in the 80s and the 90s and maybe the early 2000s. Thanks, Coach. Hour number two next. The best audio in sports on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.